Here we go. Let's rumble fish. Punxsutawney Phil says, this is the time, this is the place, and this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And since everything is geeky, if you love it enough, you never know what you're going to get. More winter? More winter. Six more weeks of podcasting. Woohoo! That's a thing. At least. At least. Six more years of podcasting. Uh, okay. Only saw his shadow. Six more years of podcasting. There we go. <laughs> okay. This is your host, IMC. This week we'll be talking to Dungeons & Dragons homebrew creator, Archmage Derek of the Mage College. After that, stick around for upcoming events and our question of the week. Hi. 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 It's, Hi. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Who are you? I, yeah, it's I know. Seriously, I don't even know. I have, to, I have to embroider my name into my shirt just so I know who the hell I am. Luckily, your name is C, and there, that's there easy. There you go. It's easy. Just you know, one little, one little swoosh. Who are you? So, Who am I? Where am I? What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> wow. So Tony's here. Tanya's here. Billy is here. I am here. And Sherry is on the phone. Hello, producer Sherry. Hello. We've missed your, we missed your, we missed your face. We missed your voice. We've missed just about everything about you at this it's point. Been forever. It really has. I think it's, it's been, been what? Like it's been a month and a half since we've been in the studio. Weeks. Six weeks. Well, the month and a half too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, math teacher. Well, it was like December something was the last time we were in the studio. Right, and then we and were going to be in the studio a couple of weeks ago, but then the storm hit Rochester. Snowmageddon. And uh, I had like two feet in my yard at one point or another. The true Alberta clipper. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, I, it, it's that was a snowpocalypse. The, the weather's been wacky. It was 30 degrees below zero a couple days ago. It's going to be 50 tomorrow. Yeah, well, it's already 40 it's outside. It's, it's beautiful a beautiful outside. day outside today right now. Wow. On Super Bowl Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, I heard, oh there was a good meme I saw earlier. Hang on, just let me call it up real quick before we go any further. Um, okay, so here's here was the posts. Apparently, there's an important episode of football on this week. Sorry. And then the reply was, yes, the football fandom is going nuts. There's lots of cosplaying going on. Tickets to the con, however, are outrageous. So I got a kick out of that. Yes. So I mean, I what's the like price ratio from like a foot, uh, like a football game to uh, to a con? I feel like they have to be comparable. Well, <laughs> not exactly. Well, like our our weekend tickets for the con are thirty bucks for for the weekend for yeah. whatever. One ticket to Super Bowl Sunday tonight. $3,000. Yeah, three grand. On, on a second site. So you can drop 30 bucks on a weekend with FC3 in April. I mean, what what's like a more, uh, I feel like uh, San Diego Comic-Con would be a more, uh, would be a better equivalency to Super Bowl Sunday. No, seriously, no, not even then, because you got a weekend ticket at uh, at San Diego is going to be something like a buck fifty. Okay. You know, so you got 150 there as opposed to 3,000. And you have a couple days is to a, enjoy. And Tanya, is that a day. nosebleed st- seat at, at Super Bowl? I don't know. I can look it up. Grand? Yeah, look that up when you get a moment, but not right now because it's not important. Look Let up it, the Maroon Five, oh. where where uh, the uh, yeah. what's his name will be uh, Adam, Adam Levine. Levine. Adam Levine will be on you like talking to you as yes. he's singing, sitting in your lap and chatting with you <laughs> while okay. performing the halftime show. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Tanya's like, yeah, where do I sign up for that? I'll, I'll cash in my retirement for that one. <laughs> I don't have a retirement. So yeah. Welcome to New I'm York state. Yeah. Work forever. There you go. I, I, we did make that comment at the office the other day because people were talking about, Oh, this guy's a couple years away from retirement. Oh, this person's five years from retirement. And they looked at me, Chris, what do you got? And I said, well, I know that my wake and my retirement party will be the same, day. will be the same event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> 
Absolutely. So, so it's really nice to actually be back in the studio. Yeah. It was freezing the last couple days. It I, was. I'm glad to actually see the sun and be you able to see warm. everybody and not necessarily you know. be stuck in the house. How much snow did you get where you are, Sherry? Sherry? Sherry. Oh, sorry. Sherry, <laughs> baby. Anyway. We got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Enough to blame um, Ange for everything, right? Yeah. Every Always do. It's always funny. I, I always know when, when, when Sherry's town is getting hit with snow because she will Facebook post to Angie. Directly. And hit her as hard as possible. <laughs> She's like, I hate you. It's snowing. I hate you. And then Angie will, of course, taunt Sherry. Yes, because Angie loves it. Yes. How did Angie do with the super freezing cold weather, though, the other day? Oh, no. She was like, you know. Miserable. Um, there, there was a whole thing about cutting glass references being made, and it was... It we'll was, just leave it at that. Yeah, we're just going to leave it at that, but just suffice to say that, yeah. She goes, I think somebody keyed my car. No, it was me just walking by. You know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> stop while you're ahead. <laughs> so how cold did it get down there? Um, well, I think with wind chill, I think we topped off at negative 22. Nice. Oh, that's astounding. Yeah, I think we got between like negative 25 and negative 30 up here. Mm-hmm. Did they close schools down there? Um, some of them. Some of them did not. Some of them were on a delay. Some of them actually closed. Some of them closed the night before. Yeah, that yeah. happened here too. Yeah. yeah, the city was closed Wednesday and Thursday. I had four kids in the morning on Wednesday, three kids in the afternoon out of like our potential 30 some odd kids. And then we had Thursday off because it Seems was Seems like a decent chilled. sized class, you know? I, we got nothing done. <laughs> they played board games. Yes, I, we were playing amazing. categories for a good portion of the morning with a student. Meanwhile, Billy and I were slugging away at our regular day, to, day jobs <laughs> Chris, with, without even a break. Yeah, radio doesn't close. Yeah. Chris kept getting pictures. Look, I'm playing uh, categories. Look, I'm playing Skippo. Look, I'm not doing anything. I yeah. actually had an interview. Did oh, you really? Yeah. For? For? Uh, for a company called Videk. They uh, do like printing solutions. Okay. So. Uh, fingers crossed. Good, yeah. absolutely. I will cross both. Look, that I'm crossing as many fingers. If as you I can, can, if you can see, he's he's now crossed uh, four eight, sets. Four sets. Okay. And he's crossing his thumbs. Okay, what he did it. What about feet? I'm not crossing my feet. They hurt. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So uh, Tony, hurt. I want to thank that you for weird. your advice. I did get a gaming computer. It's not a laptop. It's a desktop. Okay. Awesome. She has gone to the dark side. I did. Perfect. It's amazing. I I just feel like gaming desktops forever, are though. like much better <laughs> oh, quality yeah. than gaming oh, laptops. Yeah. And, and my complaint is I had to download new video drivers <laughs> that because it said World of Warcraft. Yeah. It says your drivers. The are one out thing date. is uh, I just realized this, but I'm going to need more storage. I got one a uh, one terabyte uh, solid disk drive. I'm probably going to splurge for like a four terabyte hard disk yeah, at some it's, point. That's the way so, to go nowadays. Yeah. So, and think about back in the day, like when I first got my computer, my mm-hmm. first PC out of college was in 1995. And it had wow, a 540 old. megabyte oh, hard drive. Yeah, that's tiny. Yeah, but it was <laughs> Meg- it had everything I needed. And my and my buddy Mark, who worked at Radio Shack at the time, said that's the biggest hard drive you're ever going to need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, how uh, little he knew. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Then, because, yeah. then no, because even then. the graphics even and then. stuff weren't yeah. going to be that. Yeah. So, 
Billy Billy! Chris, Chris, Chris! How are you, Billy Billy? I'm good. I'm good. We've missed you, man. I've missed you. I keep hoping we're going to podcast, and I keep checking. And yeah. You guys did a Facebook Live thing that I missed, and then another yeah, the oh, Blue Cross Arena? Sherry had that awesome idea to start doing no, the watch the, parties. the watch parties. The oh. Firefly. Yeah. And so we're going to Sorry kind of... by me screwing it up on Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, that you know wasn't you. That was well, Facebook. Well, the first one, I think, was me when I inadvertently ended it. Yeah, she, she's the, <laughs> she caused the first problem. And then. I didn't realize. I just was trying to back out of it on my phone. It's like, end watch party. Sure, I'm going to end my end of it. That's what I thought. And so, oops. Yeah, you know it was what I a think big oops. I'm cool. so sorry. Um, I'm not sure if uh, the site we're using, uh, we'll be using uh, for the next watch party does this, but uh, like a group of us actually like in person watching it and then one person off to the side. like Videoing it? No, like, uh, like online. Uh, online looking at the comments and reading them off to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we are more advanced and, and are making millions of dollars, we can do stuff like that. Yeah. Well, right actually, now, uh, no. YouTube, uh, the YouTube Live is pretty good at that. So. Oh, cool. Okay. So, future references. Well, we, were, we were looking at Rabbit because we can, because with Facebook, with Facebook watch parties, we're limited to what they have on the, on the actual site. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But with Rabbit, which is what I'm looking at with us doing, and I know a couple of uh, couple of names that use it, uh, we can use anything. We can watch anything that I can. I have access to on Netflix, anything that I have access to on, uh, I think YouTube uh-huh. um, and Hulu. Okay. Well, that broadens the horizons so, a bit. So we have a lot of different things that we can use that's cool that's cool well so, we're gonna have some fun with that so wednesday night watch party with the fc3 gang i like that that's fun that was a really good idea share thank you so all right so we're, we're done babbling for a little bit we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we've got the archmage himself derek of the mage college he's going to be online with us uh, on the phone right not in studio on the phone, yeah. On the phone, so we're going to get him on the phone, and when we come back, we're going to have a little chat about the Mage College. So, gamer geeks, tune in. This is your thing. Ever since its humblest beginnings in 1967, Dungeons & Dragons has never been a game about strict adherence to rules and regulations, despite what many of the people we've played with have said over the years. Uh, despite numerous editions and multiple core books, D&D has always encouraged Dungeon Masters to change the rules that they feel needed changing and make the game their own. To encourage creativity and participation in the players, cre- create unique situations and flavor the setting to their liking, DMs will tweak rearrange and create out of whole cloth what they need to push their stories forward. This is often referred to as homebrewing. And then some people take it even further, creating races, classes, magic items, even whole worlds. One such person is today's guest, Derek Nekritz, known online as Archmage Derek, runs a website with his amazing wife, Kanna, where they share many homebrew races, character classes, archetypes, and more. He's been with us before. Welcome back to the show. Derek, it's great to hear from you again, brother. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. I, you know, see, here's the thing is, is you know, in, in the past 12 months, I think, I've really kind of come to grips with the fact that 
despite all of my my particular vices and hobbies and things like that, I am at the core of my soul a gamer. You know, I just if you give me a D and D book, I am a happy camper. There's no bad time spent with a D and D book, as far as I'm concerned, unless it's you know, you know, having to read it really you know cover cover to cover because you're about to get clobbered with something that's important. But anyway, um, so. I know how I and people who've listened to this show know my story. I've talked about it on several occasions, but I, I got to hear from you. How did you get into to D and D in the first place? Well, funny enough, um, my story is very much kind of like the reluctant hero archetype. Okay, uh, where so I had a couple run-ins uh, with D and D in you know, very early college, and I had this kind of uh, this this moment where. You know, you you get a lot of like, how do I phrase this? You know, being what it was, and right. I had heard kind of of like the the negative things about D and D, right? Yeah, and it's kind of like, oh, well, that would be stooping to the nerdy low or whatever. Mm-hmm. For for those of you listening, it's not true. We'll get to that <laughs> part. It's great. Um, it's my anti drug. Um, but uh, but so I had a couple runs run ins with it uh, in early college. And it didn't really go that great. It was in the middle of fourth edition, which I've come to appreciate uh, being a creator because uh, you constantly have to look around. Um, but in 2013, uh-huh. uh, my friend group said, hey, uh, I think we should play Dungeons & Dragons. And I said, okay, cool. Yeah, me, I guess. And, you know, back in my mind, I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, we're dealing with this again. Um, and they said, well, we need someone to DM. Who's going to do it? And there was this long pause around the room. Oh, no. <laughs> that seems to said, happen. It does. <laughs> it really does. It's the, I find the DM is usually the one that's like, you know, I'll do it. I'll take the ring to Mordor. Right. Um, so. Though I don't I know said, the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so I said, okay, you know what? I'll do it. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be either kind of fun or awful. <laughs> um, and fortunately for me, I had a background in acting and spending time at, uh, I grew up at Sterling Renaissance Festival. That's okay. how Sherry got to know me. She right, right, right. I was an idea. Sterling back um, in the, the glory days. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, capital G, glory days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I decided, hey, well, if I'm going to be running this thing, I'm going to make this like an actual story. Because all my experiences with D&D had been, Hey, yeah, you walk in a room, there's a you know, roll initiative, and there's like 12 people at a table because this DM didn't know how to say no to more people joining. Right. Um, so I said, well, I'm going to make this an engaging story. And in a single night playing between, I think we started at 7 p.m. and we didn't stop till 3 a.m. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was one of those long sessions, but like you come up being like, okay, yeah, no, this is, this is something, you know, something good. And I came out of it, you know, with this, uh, this love for the game. Um, and uh, pardon if you hear any background noise. I have two parakeets that love to freak out. Right no, they're good. I'm not, they're, they're behaving uh, themselves as far as I can stars, the parakeets. Yeah, there you go. Putting their two yeah. cents in. Uh, yeah. when, you're, when you're an archmage, you know, you have to have familiars. Or exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, from there, it, it kind of took off where I... I fell in love with the game, and I was also uh, an avid Magic the Gathering player at the time. <laughs> so I loved absorbing everything I could about rules. Okay. If you handed me a Magic card and I just saw the artwork, I'd be like, oh, I know exactly what that does and be able to recite it then there. Nice. And I felt like I had to do that with D&D. 
of course, we were pay- playing 3.5. Okay. So for those of you following at home who knows what 3.5 is like, that's a lot of rules to digest. Yes, it is. Tanya and but I were talking I about did. that earlier this morning, as a matter of fact. Hence, we limit it to the core book only. Yeah, when it comes to 3.5. I, I know a lot of people that do that, actually. Uh-huh. I actually have a pretty solid recommendation as to how to go about that. Uh, do what they do in D&D 5e Adventure League. Do uh-huh. the core rule book plus one other source. And just pick a source at random or whatever or, appeals or to you. Or no, you just like tell them, like, you can pick any of these books to be your plus one. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like you know going to a wedding. Here, you have oh. a plus one. Bring a plus one. Oh, that's cool. I like so, that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so that way you can you can still mix it up, mm-hmm. but the DM only has to consult one other book for you, and you have one other book that you have to manage rather than being like, here's 400 feet from the course of these 700 books. Yeah, no, um, that's 3-5 and Pathfinder. Um, you know, the one observation I'll make, when, when 3-5, when it first came out, you're like, ooh, this is so cool, this is so revolutionary, this is so wonderful, and then you play it for a couple of years, you're like, you're like oh, oh, my God, I need another one-inch binder for my... my uh, one inch? It was like a 12-inch. I, I, well, we're not going to talk about that in public. <laughs> binders! <laughs> binders, Christopher, binders! But, uh, Get your head out of the gutter. But yeah, I, I had a... Um, I had a Mystic Thurge in three five, and I literally had a, a half inch binder to try and keep everything organized. You know, spells here, this, that, and the other thing it was just crazy, and feats and powers, and it was just it was nuts. Well, that was an epic campaign anyway. It was, but still. Um, anyway, okay. I, um, I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind because I've got I've got something fun for you later. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> now, yeah. so you you kind of dabbled a little bit and forth when you first were introduced to the game, but then when you became a dungeon master, you were jumping in in three five. Then you you throttled, yep. throttled back from four to three five. And and you were creating your own content right from the jump. Did you did you entertain modules that were already pre-printed, or did you just jump right in and start crafting your own stuff right off the bat? Well, I started crafting my own stories. Okay, uh, I didn't understand rules at all. I mean, I rather I understood them. Like I would I would take them, and be like, okay, these are the rules, and this is. But it wasn't until about five E came out, okay, that I started feeling the urge to create mechanics, okay, um, which I even then tried to avoid like mm-hmm. again my 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 reluctance was still there mm-hmm. um and that, that carried with me all the way till i started the mage college but but part of the the reason we started in 3.5 was that it was very much guided by the criticism of 4e right um which is kind of like a to me it's sort of a, a sad thing to talk about because i love what 4e tried to do uh-huh and there's there's aspects of it that I actually think are great. Let me ask but, you, because uh, yeah. I have my own impression of 4E. As a matter of fact, I've discussed my opinion um, in probably unfortunate levels of detail with Jeremy Crawford when we had him on the show a couple months back. Uh, but, I was listening to that, yeah. So good. I, I, I yeah. really enjoyed that. Good, yeah, it was a great conversation. We had a hell of a guy. Um, but you're, you had mentioned you found the positives in 4E, and, and I'd like to know what yeah. you thought those were, because I could never find them. So one thing that 4E did uh-huh. that is kind of an advanced role-playing skill, but they didn't really tell you that, was they often took things that said, okay, you have an ability called, uh, we'll say, Stormlance. Okay. Right? And you get to use this ability X number of times. They weren't doing, per, they weren't doing like, you know, per number of hours or spell slots or anything. Mm-hmm. Of course, you had your at-will, your encounter, and your daily, mm-hmm. right? And in essence, they were acknowledging more the structure of the game rather than, um, you know, talking about the, the sort of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey of, <laughs> okay, how long has it been? How many are, right? Because if you mm-hmm. say, oh, a whole day has passed, rather than, oh, it's been two hours, three hours, 
you know, you're taking a, you know, however much amount of time, they were clocking things by game and by like game mechanics, by okay. the way that we view it as players. Okay. Um, and at the same time, so say you have this Stormlance, right? They would have had a quick blurb like, you conjure a, uh, a pillar of clouds and lightning uh, to thrust at your foes. And then they just gave you what the rules did. So it would be like your, say, intelligence versus their reflex. Mm-hmm. And they gave you the damage, and that was it. Mm-hmm. They didn't bog you down by saying, you, you know, conjure this, 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 and this, and then giving you all of this you know, extraneous detail, which turns out D&D players like, right. despite their hating mincing of words. Um, so that actually left it up to interpretation for players to say, oh, well, my Stormlands looks like this. My Stormlands does, you know, looks and sounds like this. My Stormlands because brings the boys time... to the yard. Well, what was that? Uh, I, I, never mind. I said my Stormlands brings the, all the boys to the yard. So anyway, <laughs> don't mind me. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. That would probably be a, a feat there if it had a charm effect, I think. There you go. <laughs> see, see, look at that. See, Tanya's rolling her eyes at me, but Derek is working with it. I like Derek better. Uh, that's just... fine. <laughs> oh, that's Maybe he'll save your sorry creator. ass later today. No, you know, it's it's entirely possible. <laughs> Bring it, woman. Anyway, um, so you were saying, though. So so what this does is that allows you to reflavor characters, and reflavoring is really the first step in homebrew. Gotcha. Um, because there is, and I'm, I'm going to plug a friend of mine, a guy by the name of Rich Howard, who works with Tri Valley for a while. He's an awesome game designer. He wrote a class called Alchemist, and I found it very early on in my days of playing 5e. Now, of course, problem, part of the problem with playing 5e as opposed to 4e is that you get the um, you get that like huge uh, like background fluff and flavor of everything, right? Uh, mixed in with a moderate amount of rules, not so light as to say if you were playing Dungeon World, mm-hmm. uh, but something that is it feels like again like you're playing D anD. d It brought back that sort of three point five ness without hammering on a thousand things you need to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I picked up the Alchemist class, Alchemist says, basically, your spells look like gadgets. You decide what those look like. Oh, cool. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. It gives you, gives you the chance to add your own kind of spin to everything. Bingo. Got it. And so I picked up playing a Poisoner, uh, who is this really creepy, like, monotone wood elf named Vandalis that just enjoys poisoning things. He basically is like a cobra in humanoid form, yeah, okay. essentially. He's just like, I wonder how much poison this gnome's body can take before he kills over. So some men just I want to watch the world like burn. That. I got it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then he's a forensics expert, and okay. that's like the best part. Yeah. So, so, you know, I get to flavor this 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 alchemist where you might think, oh, well, I'm going to use, like, little vials and stuff. No, he's using poisons. He uses a, a cobra familiar. So I got to learn to flavor everything through the lens of one character. Okay. Okay. And, and, and were, that kind of that builds part of a foundation of how you go forward and, and create other things. Exactly. Got it. Because one part of it is, is that, you know, Take, for instance, the, the Battlemaster in 5e. Mm-hmm. Battlemaster is this, is this really, like, kind of bare bones. Like, it's still doing fun stuff. Like, you can disarm people. You can faint. You can uh, do lunges. But what if I told you you could play Battlemaster as though it was semi-magical? Your lunging attack isn't just you jumping forward and going, ha-ha, but it's instead a miniature teleport. Okay. That's or cool. your faint is not just 
swing your sword around and you say, look over there, and then you stab them in the groin, uh-huh. uh, which is rude. Um, <laughs> but instead, it is, it, you know, you create this brief illusion of two swords that they're trying to keep track of. Gotcha. All right, so you're not doing anything that's seriously unhinging the game mechanics, but you're adding that flavor, that fluff, that, that color that kind of makes it more interesting to, to do these things. You, you're looking for the, the dash, the spice. Exactly. Okay. Um, and by doing that, you're also kind of squaring out what is possible and isn't possible in creating more. Okay. Because back when 5e was still very new, uh-huh. you know, you open the road class, you have Thief, you have Assassin, you have Arcane Trickster, and then guys like me who love swashbucklers, uh-huh. you had ever gone back in time and to Sterling Renaissance Festival and, and met my dad in his heyday, mm-hmm. you would know exactly why I'm a swashbuckler rogue. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. There, there's genetics there. That's like a... It was a given. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Destiny I'm, I'm a was a... character through and through. Yeah. So that's cool. And so that's... So, is, do you, now, do you... Let me ask you real quick while yeah. we, before we go on to anything further. Do you image your dad when you're working that character at all? Do you, do you think about the stuff that he did on on stage and you know behind you know cross Sterling when you're are you thinking about his antics while you're developing that character and playing that character? In a, in a way, mm-hmm. um, and that's actually interesting. That's an, an interesting point uh, when talking about creating archetypes when creating you know this idea mm-hmm. is that that's really the core of when you're creating an archetype. You have to say what is the core idea and how far does this stretch? Okay, a, a lot of. Um, Let's see. What's the nice term? Uh, a lot of homebrew that misses the mark, we'll say, uh-huh. um, is often something that says, oh, well, I am building this class because I want a full swashbuckler class. Mm-hmm. But the team of wizards said, uh-uh, we can do swashbuckler simply as a rogue archetype, and it works. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you are taking one idea and then simply layering it into the question of what is a rogue? What is a swashbuckler? What right. Is a duelist? And, you know, the idea of that someone can bring this kind of panache and blend it into a single precise strike after this, you know, very elaborate, flourishing combat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so in the idea of what's a swashbuckler like, Three Musketeers, or even, you know, the example set forth by my dad at Sterling, uh-huh. or, uh, you know, watching Pirates of the Caribbean for eight hours straight because, you know, that's your friend group at the time or whatever or Johnny Depp was weird uh, and was? awful. Wait, what's this was <laughs> stuff that you're talking about? Um, <laughs> that boy's not hinged right. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, but so, you know, you take those ideas and you boil it into one place and you say, ah, mm-hmm. this is the touchstone and this is its limit. Okay. So, you know, if I wanted to, and you know, if I wanted to make a character that's like any of these things, there's all these different ways to do it mm-hmm. before it comes down to personal preference. And it's this kind of gray area okay. where, where the sort of creative process goes. Okay. Now, so you're not creating your own edition per se, but you're finding your own ways of tweaking the current edition. Um, in a way. Okay. So one thing that I might do. Uh, because, like I said, it's a multi-step process. Right. It's, I'm figuring out, if can I reflavor something? So can I just say, hey, guys, this is a cool way to play Battlemaster? Or am I saying, okay, tell you what, today we're making a brand new Paladin Oath with new mechanics and new rules. Mm-hmm. Um, which I actually didn't want to do at first when I started the Mage College. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not going to mess with that at all. Um, and then eventually people started 
paying me to do it and enjoying my stuff. Which wow. Yeah. There's the paradigm um, for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, one of my favorite lines from Dark Knight is, now if you're good at something, never do it for free. Yeah, there which you I go. I often do it for free because, uh, you know, I'm just an altruist. <laughs> um, now, so, so but, you're basically saying this yeah. is kind of what led you towards creating the Mage College? More or less, okay. yeah. Um, and, and the, this was, it was kind of this weird kind of, uh, like area I had to navigate in a mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. because that's sort of like, yes, like that's the process, but that's also the same path I took. It's the na- the past and now have been very wibbly wobbly timey wimey. I love the fact that that's twice you. now that he has mixed D and D and Dr. Who two of my favorite things on the planet. And he's just weaving them together like an, like a scarf. It's kind of awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with this. So far. <laughs> the scarf's well, going to be 12 feet long. What... 19 from tassel to tassel. Okay. Let's get it right. Shall we? Okay. That's why you bring a, a writer to a metaphor fight. <laughs> 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 I seriously, I love this guy. <laughs> he broke me. Okay. Uh, you broke him. You broke us. No, mm. no, it's mm. fine. With, with Tanya, all you got. With Tanya, all you got to talk about friction. You're fine. <laughs> There's oh, a boy. long story there, and we're not going to get into it right now because we're talking about the Mage College with Derek Neckritz at the moment. <laughs> Uh, if Rachel, you've been listening all along, if you've been listening all along, you're picking up a lot of great stuff. If you've just started listening, then what's your problem? You go back and rewind to the beginning and listen all the way through. Do it right this time. Um, now, so let's talk a little bit more about the Mage <laughs> College. You've you've got this. Is yeah. it all up and running now at this point, or are you, you are you satisfied with where it is? It's evolving. Uh, <laughs> it's evolving. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, it now has a. Uh, it somehow grew a Neanderthal forehead, and we're trying to reverse that. Our, our <laughs> wizards are on it right now. Um, it's it's constantly evolving. Um, uh-huh. We, uh, me, me and my team, my my wife Kana, and uh, our friend Natalie, who we call our tactician, basically okay. is where even though I'm the boss and the lead designer of things, um, we brought on Natalie recently uh, as our tactician to keep me on point. Nice, because yeah. God knows when your favorite colors in Magic the Gathering are blue and red. You you have the work ethic of Doc Brown from Back to the Future. <laughs> um, Love it. <laughs> Love it. So, <laughs> so, so you know, our, our team, we, we have focused on really bringing the Mage College uh, somewhere very good in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, we recently got uh, the domain name, themagecollege.com, okay. uh, which was a lot easier than throwing in themagecollege.wordpress.com, which still works if you want to be archaic and use that link. But it, um, no, it's, it's themagecollege.com, and that's our your website. We can find you there. Yeah, absolutely. Good deal. Okay. Uh, we just we just reskinned it. Um, we just redesigned it. I was um, looking at the. And we're uh, still working on it. I was looking at your um, the mobile version. It was uh, very well designed. Oh, thank you. It's mostly WordPress's work. I just choose choose the theme and the colors. <laughs> Woohoo! T- Tony's very particular about stuff like that because yes. we've seen some poorly formatted stuff over the years. So, yes. but uh, and recently, and yeah, recently, <laughs> it makes if I see a poorly designed uh, anything, I get very upset. You know, it was other convention, right? Anyway. Um, no, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not even, it's that. even more recent than that. More but, recent than that. Okay, but we're not going to go into it. But, but uh, so no, so you rescan, you redesign, reborn, as it were, and themagecollege.com. And what now? What are what are you creating there? What is what is the overall, I guess, goal so, of the Mage College? Uh, <laughs> lots and lots of money. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sign me um, up. Yeah, seriously, I'll, we'll be partners. <laughs> um, so our goal is, um. 
as it's funny, when I created the Mage College, I was working as a college tutor. So I wanted to do something where it's like, hey, I'll share ideas and guide people in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, which turns out you can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't give the horse a martini or however the expression goes. Um, <laughs> I'd love and, to try and give a horse a martini. That could be entertaining. Just saying. <laughs> off, you off. know, you, you'll, you'll quickly find you're going to uh, the desert on a horse with uh, no brain after okay. a martini. Nice. Um, not to confused with no bam, name. Bam! No, he's just—he's on fire today. I love this kid. All right, King, King, I'm sorry. Keep going, man. <laughs> um, and he's considered a kid to you because he he's I, like in his twenties. Everybody's right? a kid to me. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm 27. So yeah. like, I consider myself a kid too because, like, compared to a lot of the other creators out there who've been mm-hmm. at this forever, I'm just like, hi, I've been playing this game for five years. Um, <laughs> yeah. is, is, is I took a break from the game for five years. <laughs> Sometimes you have those sessions. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, but so when I, I had created it, I wanted to give it something kind of like a hey, uh, let's lead you to some fun ideas. I'm cool. not telling you how to play it. I'm giving you I'm giving you venues to explore. Right. Um. So one thing we do is we talk about how you can build characters, like through our multi-class mastery articles, mm-hmm. where we talk about hey, this is a cool um multi-class build you can make not for the sake of optimization because i personally don't care for optimization yeah you and me have the same thought magic there gathering gate days yeah i don't need to play magic gathering with my D characters mm-hmm. uh i instead enjoy playing thematic characters mm-hmm. um which is kind of like this our second you know do i homebrew this test of can i make this me theme and multi-class master explores that so we had one uh with uh let's see um What's it called? Master Thrower is you know, what some people might know it as. The, the idea of like that kind of like bullseye-like character where you can just throw anything and be really good at it. Oh, okay. It's a whole recipe of how to make uh, a character like that. Gotcha. Or maybe talking about how do you create a character and you know, on a theme and make the mechanics fit them or how do you make those choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and nowadays, we kind of like once or twice a month, we'll put up uh, a free piece of homebrew material that's brand new that's completely exclusive to there. Um, so this month, I think I'm working on a, an Oath of Finality Paladin, mm-hmm. um, which is all about like killing people and making sure they stay dead. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now I understand yeah. the finality part. Yep. Oh, yeah. They're all about, like, this is the end. There's no more. It's like, imagine, like, the Vengeance Paladin, but in this kind of, like, somber, kind of, like, Raven Queen sort of Requiem kind of sense. Okay. Um, so that's something, you know, you can look forward to. Um, and then, um, some of like other bits of our time, we're also releasing playtest material for our products on DM skills. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, this coming week, I am previewing a new spell that will be in our upcoming golden eyes guide to warlocks mm-hmm. part one. So people get to play with those things. And then it's also about generating interest to the Patreon, which has more exclusive stuff. It's, it's yeah, it's a lot. But that's cool. More Good or less, though. that's awesome. It is a full, it's a full menagerie of uh, of of fun things to play with. Okay, so you're you're doing a lot for for character building, for play building, things like that. But you're not. Are you doing anything with world building? Are you talking about like you know how to put together a dungeon, how to put together a town, how to get the, you know uh, whole cities, how they fit together, things like that? Um, currently, <clears throat> I, I I haven't done much of that. Okay, mostly because. Well, mostly because that's not how, how do I put this? So you know how there's that one guy in the room who goes, "I guess I'll be the dungeon master." Mm-hmm. 
Turns out there for every one guy who says, I guess I'll be the dungeon master, there's ten more people who want to be the player. Yes. Yeah. So oh, I'm familiar. <laughs> if, yeah, exactly. So oftentimes, you know, the volume of my articles that are geared towards character creation are for the people who want to play characters. Gotcha. And that's often, by and large, mostly who you get. Okay. I say this as a person who's maybe could count the number of times I've been a player uh, with some appendage of my body. Oof. <laughs> um, so, you know, that being said, of course, you know, that's stuff that I want to get into. Uh-huh. But there are... Telling someone how to DM is a lot harder than telling somebody a way that they might be able to play. Right. No, I agree. Um, I agree. I hear your point there. Mostly because, you know, DMing in this sort of way is a much more, uh, like, self-exploratory venue where, you know, you have a session and go, damn, I did not describe a single smell that whole session. I'm the worst. (laughs) Or somebody else is, you know, will say, oh, gosh, I, I haven't had, you know, these, I haven't had... You know, uh, a single good NPC name come up. You know, I really got to do X, Y, Z. Right. Um, and a lot of that, you know, a lot of that's been explored. Um, and as somebody who is known for creating, you know, homebrew or third-party character options, a lot of what I do is telling people why I'm not going to do what they want. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you had a quick question? Yes. Uh, going off of that, what advice would you give to someone who wants to really jump into the world of DMing? Oh, goodness. Um, Don't do I it. Say... <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I was going to say, drink heavily beforehand. Drink. Yeah, uh, no, seriously. Hence, no. bring me alcohol today. Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I would say best thing you can do, like the first thing you can do, other than getting a basic grip of the rules, like, I don't care if you mm-hmm. don't know what carrying capacity means. I don't care if you don't know what the, you know, high jump distance is. It's three plus your strength modifier if you have a running jump. <laughs> um, I don't care if you don't know how long you can hold your breath for underwater. It's a number of rounds equal to your constitution. No, it's a number <laughs> of rounds equal to your constitution modifier. Um, and suffocating is a number of rounds equal to your... Sorry. No, I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> no, no, this, this is good. This helps me now. <laughs> How can she if make you Chris don't suffer? I want to open encyclopedia.exe in my head. It's not, it's no, it's not good. Um, <laughs> but I would say communicate with your players is the foremost yeah. thing you can do. Right. Let, help, um, let them help the, you tell the story. Yes. Let them help you tell the story. So when you're struggling to come up with an NPC, I can say, uh, Tanya, what's your contact's name again? Uh, because you're playing a rogue. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you might have an answer. Um, or if you don't, you can work with the table to do so. But also, you can figure out the experience they want. You know, sometimes you have a GM who's like, hey, welcome to the roller coaster of not leaving this space. And then Steve goes, I hate, ra- I hate railroading. I want to play a sandbox. Okay. And then you know, the DM's like, oh, well, okay, I guess we're going to make this more sandboxy. Mm-hmm. And not that sandboxing or or railroading that's really wrong i think that dms need a mix of both mm-hmm. to be able to maintain the structure of the game but communication is the basis for the structure mm-hmm. you can't just play a game and suddenly expect everybody to be on the same page right because the even the fiction of D takes place in everybody's minds in a different form mm-hmm. what we, we all see the same thing looks, differently exactly mm-hmm. what your character looks like and is doing is different than the way that i'm interpreting it what the DM is describing sometimes might have details that aren't there. 
if people communicate, you can actually work your way to a better experience for everybody because that's what it's ultimately about. The DM isn't some human gaming console that can run D&D indefinitely right. and come up with a perfect game. Right. It wasn't, Although we've met people who come close. Yeah, go ahead. We, we have at least I mean, a DM that could, that could do it pretty well only because he's been playing <laughs> since the early 80s. So. Right. And and even then, you know, there there's still styles and everything, and and the DM's not going to be able to work with somebody unless they they actually talk with you, because mm-hmm. um, God knows, you know, like D and D is not a game like designed by Hideo Kojima, and everyone's like, oh my God, I love this because Kojima's name is on it. <laughs> it's 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 something that is made at the table. So if you want to pick up DMing, uh, get people that will work with you. Gotcha. I think gotcha. I think we're definitely very fortunate because we have a core group that we've been playing with for a long time now numerous years so like yeah. granted uh what back in september october well, i took over dming yep and which it's is the, fun which is the first time in men that. in many years <laughs> and, and i'm doing i'm working on fifth edition and um i've played basic first edition second edition third edition pathfinder star wars whatever yeah. so we just started playing fifth edition and i'm like well i like the fact that there's only one book there's not as many it's not as there's rules a certain heavy but well, there's, there's a certain, certain elegance to fifth edition yes. that three five and four kind of dropped the ball on you know and and well, fifth edition feels very kind of easy to get into easy to kind of adopt go ahead i'm sorry derek go ahead i was gonna say well that's actually it's interesting you say that because um, that was the idea behind fifth edition mm-hmm. is that, you know, that was, you know, a game design conceit where uh, conceit is often a term that game designers use to say, this is, you know, a core thesis of my game. Right. And, and that's what, you know, that's actually what makes it easier for people like who do what I do, because there are, there's a less dense set of like math and balance and all this other shenanigans going around that not only does it make it easier to pick up and actually tweak, mm-hmm. it's very much geared to be the game of whoever picks it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it it, go, it goes to show its success because D and D has never been more mainstream or popular in the current global oh, consciousness. Yeah. Global consciousness. Well, it's funny because. Oh, yeah. My mom was talking to me uh, last week or so about Sofia Varaga's husband. husband. Yeah, Joe. And she's like, oh, my God, they were in his house, and he has a dungeon, things like that. Now, my mom had, like, not a clue exactly what we do on occasion for Dungeons & Dragons and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then but she's just like, I'm she like. She knows you play, that's it. She knows I play, but she's like, what do you do again? So, and that, but she was actually able to, like, be excited about yeah. something and said, his basement's like a dungeon. He's got to, I'm like. Haven't you seen our basement type yeah. thing? I'm like, we, well, you know, the thing so, is, but it was just so funny that the, the game has now something that it has never had before, and that's ambassadors with with face and name recognition. You know, and it's, oh, yeah. and so you, it's it was easy like to Vin kind of Diesel and oh, yeah. yeah, and and uh, Sofia Vergara's. I can't think of his last name. Joe, Joe Ma- Ma- uh, Joe Manganiello. Manganiello. Yeah. Thank you. I, I knew it started with an M. I was going to massacre it. I knew it was. He's a paisan. He's an Italian like I am. But uh, um, and you know, there's these, all these people who have brought it out into the spotlight and have destigmatized it to a particular degree. Well, I mean, it was on Stranger Things. It was on mm-hmm. the Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. It's and, and it's just coming more towards the forefront two, of it. Two words, critical role. You know, it's that, that's, that was the game changer. 
You know, so it's all now it's like, oh, okay, now the whole world is uh, opened up and okay, now we're all getting a chance to play and create. And Derek has been given this great easel to paint on. And, and, and I think you're doing a wonderful job with it. I've, I've been tinkering with your, your website a little bit uh, in prep for this, uh, for this interview. And I'm just, I'm loving it. It's just, it's so great to see the imagination. I want and, your and wife all. to do some picture art for my that, characters. You know, that, that's actually a, a question <laughs> that Sherry wanted me to ask Derek is, um, is do you take commissions for custom work? Um, it will, both of us do. Yes. Um, okay. I take commissions for, uh, for rules, um, which, uh, pricing tends to go something like, you know, if you want a subclass designed, I'll do it for like $3, mm-hmm. which is writing wise kind of low, mm-hmm. but you know, basically I have someone sign a contract where they say, I'm not going to resell this. And if I do Derek's Dom Pier assassin comes after me, <laughs> um, and you know, but if it's something like a sub, if it's only like a full class, I'll do it for like nine dollars and include like subclasses, um, and then anything from there, it's all negotiable because it's a community game, and I want it to make it affordable for community, right? Especially mm-hmm. if it's only a single sale. Um, and then Connor's prices, you know, for artwork, she does portraits for, I believe it's fifty dollars, um, and you know, full body for like seventy five, and she does amazing work. She illustrates all of our DM Guild products, um. Like the cover of Chaotician, which came out last week, mm-hmm. that that's her work. Okay. It's oh wow. Beautiful. Oh, I've seen that. Um, that is amazing. Yeah, it's this beautiful full body of uh, our of our tacticians, uh, Aladrin Chaotician, mm-hmm. just in gorgeous color, um, and it's it's kind of great that we just you know get to be able to uh, help make people's ideas come to life, either in mechanics or visually or a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know I have some stuff that I want to talk to you about, but that'll be offline because that's just that's a thing um, and not necessarily important to the interview. Um, now, it was it was funny. It, another one of the questions that Sherry had set aside for me is, you know, you had been on our Looney Tunes episode last year, and what have you been doing since then? It sounds like you pretty much answered that. <laughs> so, so I will jump. In a way, there's. <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there's more no, than more. Uh, no, no, I've, I've no. There's streaming. a lot more going on. There's a him. lot. Well, that's the thing is, as I was going to lead to the the question of what upcoming for Archmage Derek. What what you've got going on right now? What are the things we can look forward to? Um, well, the uh, as as far as what I normally do, um, we have Golden Eyes Guide to Warlocks coming out, which is an eight piece installment. Uh, coming to the Unskilled, okay. that investigates eight new Warlock patrons with invocations and spells for each one, art done by our fantastic Anna, and then once all eight of those are done, it comes out in a deluxe edition where they're all blended together, a little bit, you know, prices shaved off with more material in it on top of that with magic items and, like, other just fluff and flavor to help you fully uh, create an interesting Warlock. Um, and then we have more on top of that. Uh, I am in the process of designing not one, but three original games. Two of them are kind of supplementary. One of them is completely standalone. Um, one of which being like Cards Against Humanity meets Dungeons and Dragons. Woohoo! Called, yeah, it's called Whose Quest Is It Anyways? Oh, you know what? I do remember, I, I remember a previous conversation where you had brought that up. So I, I want to hear a little bit more about that one. I volunteer as tribute to Playtest. <laughs> uh, lovely. Um, so we all uh, who's <laughs> who's quested anyway um, is basically it is a series of prompt cards that can be played in whatever system you want. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it, it's basically for tables that are okay having sort of a loosey-goosey, wacky fun time. Mm-hmm. So you might say, okay, so you round the corner and you face your greatest fear of, bam, three halflings in a trench coat. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then you play it out. And it's like, okay, well, in order to deal with these three happenings of trench coat, I am going to use my uh, knife of seductive whispering. And like, and then it's like, okay, what does the knife do? And you might decide the knife of seductive whispering is just this knife that you draw out and you know, out of its sheath, and you just hear, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Looking good today. And it doesn't do anything. It's just this really weirdly... Uh, just this this knife that just likes to hit on you, and that's that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. It sounds like or true. Uh, you, yeah, go ahead. To, uh, it sounds like true side questing and digressing. Oh my god, yeah, absolutely. You have no <laughs> idea. Nobody has an, any clue where this is about to go. That's that's the best part. Right, and so, but you know, the player might say, "Well, actually, my knife of seductive whispering uh, is actually going to charm the." halfling in the middle of the trench coat so the whole thing falls apart <laughs> um and it's like okay roll it um so it's all very much up to interpretation that's funny well having no idea what's coming next um derek and you know, yes are you familiar with a game called it's not my fault uh no but that sounds like a game i play at work regularly <laughs> or me earlier this week it it's, wasn't my fault it's the story of han solo <laughs> They told me they fixed it. It's not my fault. All right. Um, so it's, what? it's a game. It's their cards that you that you create a scenario. Basically, you draw a scenario at random, and with a group of players, and you and then each person goes around and says why whatever the scenario is is not their fault. Oh, awesome! And oh, and so they come up with basically you, storytelling. And then you start the game from that. And it's for one-shots and things like, oh, it's not my fault because Bob over here, he's the one who broke the door down. And Bob says, oh, no, it's not my fault because Susan was – you have to, like, go around and say why it's the other person's fault, the next person in line's fault. And then whoever and stumbles gets killed. Scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, That's very funny. Just, that is great. It just reminded – what you were just saying reminded me of that a little bit. And it's something that I just picked up and haven't had a chance to play yet. Hey, it's a yeah, that's uh, neat. Yeah. PDF for five bucks. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. Sounds like it's got potential. Yeah. All right. Well, he is Derek. He is the Archmage. His wife is Kana. She is the uh, the arch artist. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and they are behind the Mage College, themagecollege.com. And uh, if you are a gamer, if, if D&D is your life as it is for me and several other people, this is definitely a site you're going to want to check out. Derek, I'm going to just ask right now, is, is there a possibility we can get you back on the show uh, going forward, have some more interviews, hear how things are coming along? Oh, absolutely. Uh, anytime. Dang, Outstanding. Well, thank you for your time today, sir. No problem. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was wonderful. It was a great conversation. I appreciate it. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump to break. And uh, when we come back, we've got events and we've got our question of the week. Ooh. Hey, Tanya, do we got events coming up? Yes, we do. That is amazing. Um, on April 13th and 14th, my microphone is having issues. Um, we but have, only on April 13th and 14th will your microphone have any uh, issues. Probably. Yes, right but now it's on fine, though. April 13th and 14th, 
down at the Blue Cross Arena on uh, was it State Street? State Street, State no, no. no. Exchange. That's Exchange, Exchange, exchange. exchange. and Broad, Exchange oh, and Broad. State Street's further up. Now. Yes, yeah. It, well, yeah. yeah. Once yeah, it crosses okay. Main Street, Main, okay. right? But isn't it like one War Memorial Drive? Yes, is that's the, the other technical address. Technical address, okay. Uh-huh. But it is our fourth. Flower City Comic Con. So this is just a small event that we're throwing on just for a, a week, sm- just a yeah, small weekend just kind of weekend. affair. Yeah. So, yeah. Th- so the building that Bruce Springsteen played in is now going to host FC three. Absolutely. Yes. I, I think Journey was there uh-huh. and other play- things. As a matter of fact, Foreigner played four album there. They played the four album there. So you know FC three <laughs> four. There's there's a there's a whole FC thing about fours four, showing it. FC three yeah, okay. four. I've seen okay. lots of concerts but, there. <laughs> but if you haven't noticed, we have announced some guests already. Yeah, we ha- I think we've um, announced the big five that we've we signed have, on at this we, point. We have announced. Um, it is Forever Yellow. Yes. Um, hashtag Forever Yellow. You're welcome, Ray. Um, and Nico. Uh huh. Um, we have Tracy Lynn Cruz, Nakia Baris, and returning Karen Ashley. So all three Yellow all Rangers three from Yellow the Power Rangers, Rangers series. And all three um, are all from the um, Zordon era. 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 Or you can call it's, if you're if you're not error. a fan of the show, you can call it the Zordon era. Error. That's well, fine. Well, because Zordon leaves at the end of uh, Tracy's season. He just gets up, packs up, puts I, his hat on, and walks away. Something happens, and they screw could, you guys. guys I'm going I, home. You guys can ask him. I think something about something blows up. Whatever. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just ask Ray. Yeah. Ask Ray. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, shoot Ray a question. I just want to make it clear to all the Power Rangers fans: No, I don't think Zordon is actually voiced by Eric Cartman. I'm just rolling. Okay. Out there. So who else do we got coming? We have an artist, um, writer, Rusty Gilligan. Okay. Um, we have a wrestler one day only on Sunday, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yep. Oh! oh. <laughs> that's his, uh, that's that's his, his thing. thing. Yeah. I was going to say, have you mentioned it to Polly yet? I haven't. I haven't seen Polly. So, oh. so. Polly and Wheels, I've, on Friday yeah. I was thinking about it after we were announcing him. I'm like, oh, i got to tell them. And announced today, actor Michael Bean. Yep. Bean? Bean. 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 And he's going to be Saturday only. Saturday only. Now, if that name sounds familiar, but you can't place where you heard him from, he was the original Kyle Reese in the original Terminator movie. He that was had also to come after what John Connor. Yes. Well, he came to protect Sarah, who was who had not yet given and turned out to be. Here's the spoiler alert. Spoilers. He's John Connor's father. <gasps> he went Ooh. back in time and became his best friend's dad. Okay. Anyway, um, but he was also Corporal Hicks in Aliens, Johnny Ringo in- Hence your hint the other night. Yes, when I did my Monday broadcast and only one person, congratulations, Lou, you figured it out. Um, yep. So somebody wake up Hicks because he's coming to FC3 and then Johnny Ringo in the legendary Western movie Tombstone, I'm among many, many Tombstone other parts. Again. Yeah, it was one, a great movie. One question, will Rusty Gilligan get mad if I call him Little Buddy? <laughs> I don't know. You might have to try that. You need to cosplay as Skipper and see what happens. That's the Um, thing. We are still accepting applications for vendors, artists, writers, panelists, game designers, game runners, and others. Um, Also, volunteers. Also, volunteers. So definitely contact us for more information. Tony, did you get an email from me? Uh, yes, I did. Yay! Nice. For, in regards to volunteering. So, yes. yes. So, those that have submitted applications for volunteers, you are going to be receiving emails from me soon. So, April 13th and 14th, 2019, at the Blue Cross Arena, Flower City, Comic Con number four, coming at you like a spider monkey. All is right with the oh, world. I can't imagine. So, FC3. Four. Four. Uh, cu- uh, not cube to the fourth power. Yes, to the fourth power. No, no, it's not really FC three to the fourth power. 
because it's Flower City Comic Con. So oh, the City Comic Con is to the, the third The math teacher and so the, the, the engineering third, student so are not. It's third FC3, race to the fourth Billy, power. kill both mics. So <laughs> FC3 to the 12th. <laughs> yes. Okay. This <laughs> is you too. I can't take you anywhere. I really can't. I nope. can't take you anywhere. Want to be All a right. part of FC3 Monkey Business? Script and the Mighty time. Co- Mighty Monkey Corporation? The first way to, is to become a sponsor. We have sponsorship levels of all kinds and are even willing to create custom sponsorship packets. Please contact us at sponsorships at fc3roc.org. I'm, ra- I'm working Your my radio, radio notes. Voice. I broke radio out the radio notes. voice for that shit. That was awesome. Uh, the next is by supporting us on Patreon. Patreon is a way to support the people who are creating the things you love. Please check us out at www.patreon.com backslash fc3roc. All membership levels will include access to the Patreon-only blog, plus tons of great perks at all levels. Special shout-outs to our See No Evil tier patrons, <laughs> James Irish, Jen Bevan, and our very own Tanya Metris. I see evil every day. Yes, she does. She teaches high school for a living. Want to help others find the show? Please leave us a review wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Podbean, YouTube, and Stitcher. Is there a place you find your podcast but can't find FC3 Monkey Business? Let us know, and we will work on fixing that. And please follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at FC3MB Podcast. And if you do, say hi. We love it when you say hi. We're ultra, ultra social peoples. Um, so our hey, question hey of the week. Yes, guys, Sherry Bear. Guys, before the question. Yes, Sherry. We got some exciting news. We do. I love exciting news. You love exciting news. FC3 Monkey Business is going to have a new home on the web. Really? Very, very soon. Ooh. Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to be easier, even we, easier to find now. We are going to have our own website, guys. Oh, my Ooh. God. That's, we've, is that finally coming to happen? That's awesome. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so excited. Good stuff. Um, new website and um, new platform, and I will have all the details, hopefully, by your live broadcast Monday night. Nice. I need those Monday notes. So the, hopefully, by the, the Monday notes by the time by, this drop, yeah. it should be out. That's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful <laughs> so thing. So go there right now if you're listening. Oh, if I'm you're sorry. listening right now, you will be able to go to a place that we don't have the address for yet. <laughs> just nope. look around the web there's only a couple websites know, out there seriously. and then you'll find it there's only yeah it's, the internet is a very easy place to, to surf through could someone please tell me what the internet is oh, <laughs> I see you're doing your Katie Kirk impression very nice well it's it's a web and it's worldwide what wow. What what's Netscape? Okay. Oh no, no. I had Netscape when I first I did got too. my first computer. I did too. All right, refocusing so we can wrap this puppy up. Just email me on Hotmail if you're looking for more. AOL baby. Uh, question of the week, Derek. You've been such a patient guest. We're going to hit you up first. Was there anything on your Amazon wish list that you actually got for Christmas this year? Oh, sweet time, Maury. You still have me here? God, play <laughs> I love this kid. I really do. He's awesome. Um, well, thank you for sticking around for the practice one. We're going to start a recording real yeah, soon. Yeah, I got a whole list of other questions I want to ask you. Thank you for the warm-up stuff. That's good. Okay. Um, so, uh, well, uh, I did happen to get uh, from my loving wife, uh, our head curator, Kana, uh, she got me the uh, gift set edition of the Player's Handbook Monster Manual and DM's, uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide. Oh, cool. Like, big, fancy, like, 
uh, super like sweet artwork box with all the you know limited edition covers and stuff, and they're super nice, and they have all the updated rules and stuff, which they finally made Beastmaster better, thank God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Sadly, my one-way trip to Menzo Branson didn't pan out for my wish list. Darn it. Yeah. Maybe next I mean, year. If you're gonna die, at least at least die at the hands of loss, right? Um, <laughs> darn. Maybe next year. <laughs> I just I want to see a show of hands how many people got that reference. My hand's going up. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Sherry. Yes. Did you get anything from your Amazon wish list for Christmas this year? I am using something right at this moment that I got from my Amazon wish list. Remember, this is a PG-13 show, so make sure it's not the thing I think it is. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's terrible. <laughs> no Princess Leia body no. pillows. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I got a brand new set of uh, podcasting headphones with a built-in speaker, so I'm hoping I don't sound quite as bad as I normally do. No, you're coming in nice and clear this time. So. We've had some issues yeah. in the past, but this is coming off really nice. Good, because I really wanted it. Good. So these are great, and they're also a little bit noise-canceling, so I'm not distracted. I'm sitting in my kitchen, and I'm not being distracted by the things going on around me. Uh-huh. Very good. Nice. Very- Billy, how about you? Anything off the wish list this well, year? I got a couple gift cards from Amazon from which I purchased uh, something off my wish list. Uh-huh. So I guess that counts. The Silver Surfer Omnibus. Oh, which very is cool. a big 700-page collection of the Silver Surfer comics that from 2014 through 2016, written by Dan Slott and Michael Allred. Collects the whole series. Like I said, it's about 700 pages and... I got that, and I still have a little bit of money left on those gift cards, so uh-huh. I'm waiting for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse to come out on Blu-ray. That was a great freaking movie. I saw it, uh, I think, since the last time I saw it. I don't yeah. remember. But I still need to see I, it. I loved oh, it. Oh, it was so good. It's Susan's yeah. favorite movie of the year of Oh, so far, yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. And so I'm waiting for that. Uh, Tanya has walked out, so we're going to keep pushing along here. Tony... Uh, let's see. Uh, I didn't get my hippopotamus. I didn't get my two front teeth. I didn't get my uh, hula hoop. What did I get? Oh yeah, no, I did. Uh, uh, my uh, uh, my family surprised me and sprung for some of the uh, computer parts I uh, I was wishing for. So I have a fully functioning uh, desktop PC now. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I'm very excited. I got a uh, 1070 um, GTX uh, graphics card, and that, that thing is. Is freaking wild. Well, you were saying back when we were talking about computers before, it's not really the RAM; it's the graphics card now that really makes video. Oh yeah, the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, RAM is still very important. Don't get me wrong, but uh-huh. uh, the big, uh, the big, what people emphasize nowadays is the graphics card. Right. Um, the big one right now is the 1080. Okay. Um, they just released the 20 series, so you have like your 2070, your 2080, your 2050, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but all that stuff is relatively untested. Mm-hmm. So, and it costs both arms, arm and a leg, arms, legs, heads. and plural. Yeah, <laughs> arms and legs, plural. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, because because my answer was no. I didn't get anything off my no. wish list. <laughs> so we're I'm just gonna sorry. move on. We're gonna move on. That has been Monkey Business for another week. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be home, and we will see you all very soon. April thirteenth and fourteenth at the Blue Cross Arena. We will have Flower City Comic Con number four. Looking forward to, to that much, very very much. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us wherever the entertainment is. And we'll probably be the ones causing it. I don't know. I lost that one. Okay. About 10 seconds ago, but dun, dun. Dun, dun. dun. (laughs) I was really good at this last year.